Welcome to another episode of Iron Sharpens Iron, Talking Faith with your host, Dr. Ellis O. Henderson. Listen as he shares his faith journey with intentional application methods to inspire, motivate, and activate your spiritual life to develop a deeper connection to the one true source, Yahweh. This is a Faith Becomes Sight production on Black Talk Radio. Now, here's your host, Dr. E. Good evening, family, and God bless you. Welcome again episode of Iron Sharpens Iron, Talking Faith with Dr. Ellis O. Henderson. We are very thankful to be back online. I know we had a court recording a few last week, but it's always good to be back in recording. And tonight we have a very good, I mean, a very good friend. I don't want to say special guest, um, just a great friend of mine, my brother, um, Brian Doan, whom I've known for what, 12 years longer. And we'll talk about that but um, before we start to have a conversation with Brian, tonight we're going to be discussing Ephesians 6 and 12. And depending on what version we have, we're going with the scripture that says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers, principalities. Oh, I just lost my, my Bible. Oh, hold, hold on a second. I just, I just knocked over and my Bible fell apart. <laughs> I was hoping Brian was going to help me out, but he didn't help me out on this. It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There we go. That's my brother. Everyone, you just heard it. I'd like to introduce my good friend, Brian Doan. Welcome, man. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing great. I'm very happy to be here. Happy to talk to you, as always. As always, thank you for being on. Um, I want to also say that Brian was one of the individuals that came by when I was in a wheelchair. Once I got back from Africa, he was instrumental in helping me out and just 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 checking in on me. And I, and I thank God for that because him and I hadn't spoken for a long time. So when I tell you that Brian Donald is a close friend, he's a close friend. Um, he went through a divorce. I went through a divorce. He kind of helped me along through the process. Um, our children are very similar in age. And Brian, well, we, we met through Josh, right? We met through no, Josh. No, actually, I introduced you to Josh. Yes, we, yes, yes. We met. Um, I remember it. Uh, I was we were at a, I was working out at American Family. I'd finished lifting, and I went to the sauna to like, like cool like to like as my cool down at the end of my training. And you were in there by yourself, but you were reading the Bible. And I thought that was interesting and amazing. And I told you that. And I asked you what you were reading. And <laughs> we just started talking about the Bible and the scripture you were reading. And I mean, that was probably over 12 years ago. So, and we continue to be friends. And that was the beginning of the friendship. And from there, we uh continue to talk about the bible and and build one another up and strengthen one another through god's word you know brian i i completely forgot the details but you are completely right you are completely correct what a great memory that is a great what memory. a great what a great memory i mean it's a great yeah. memory for me i i'll, I'll never forget that because i was it was uh so encouraging to go into you know, to go in and find somebody reading scripture. Uh, it was awesome. Wow. 
and I needed it then. I need it more so now. <laughs> you know, I needed it then. I need it now. I need it now. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. I remember that. I remember, you know, we came to your house. Um, I mean, it was the first time my, my kids had seen horses, up, you know, just up close. Oh, it was it was, it was great. It was great. Yeah. My, my parents came over, met your parents. Like, yeah. so we, we, we really know each other. You came over to my house. We really know each other. Yes, just from, just from that that interaction. Yeah, yeah. Just from that interaction. Oh wow! Isn't that amazing how the gospel can bring two people together who don't know each other? It is. And we, it's it's amazing. It is amazing. It's it's almost as though God plans it. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, like we were supposed to meet for a reason, which we kind of yes. knew that, right? We kind of exactly. knew that. Exactly. And and I also want to share that. Um, and, and this, this is so amazing to me that Brian has assisted our church in renovating of the church because of Brian and his connections. Um, it was a church that came in and renovated that church back in 2009 and they, they reconstructed, renovated and did everything, did the bathrooms, you know, laid down carpet. They did everything. Another gentleman came out and repaired the cement around the church. Um, Brian assisted us and we were sending clothes over to Liberia, to Monrovia, to the Ann Sandals School. You know, Brian's company was sending over articles of clothing over there. So, I mean, like when I tell you, I know this man's heart, I, I know your heart. And I, and, I, and, and I know you don't care about that. And you, don't, you don't want people to know that stuff, but I know your heart. You've been a giving person. Oh, ADT went off. I don't know oh, what's okay. talking. Yeah, that's crazy. It never happened. Um, but yes, yes. So, so it's just amazing what happens when you just meet someone and you just trust what God is doing. Completely trust. A hundred percent. I agree. A hundred percent. But that's the important thing is, uh, is also just, is not just trusting in, in what God's doing, but being willing to open yourself up to trust other people and to serve other people and to, give up your time to other people. Uh, I know you and I talk about this uh, regularly when, when we, when we talk, it's, that's one of the challenges that we both acknowledge is create, creates problems in our society, in our culture is that people don't communicate directly or spend time with one another and trust one another and work together with one another. Uh, like they seemingly did uh, in generations past. And so, um, and it not only hurts uh, or is detracts from our society, it, it, it detracts from our lives. Uh, I mean, yeah. if yeah. imagine the, the, the friendships that people with, don't know that they're missing because mm. they, you know, don't engage with other people. You know, and as you was talking, I was beginning to think that this 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 society that has us working the way that we are and missing out on our loved ones, um, if it's of God or not. And I don't think it is. I don't think God has created a society in which we are we're working so much and we're missing out on the life that God has blessed us to have. You know what I mean? Yes. I and do. I think and I think I think we get that by we get that twisted. And we get caught up in that worldly grind and that worldly drive 
because you know we're trying to do the best we can to take care of our loved ones. I so agree. I, I, I know it's a struggle, but I, I think we have to be intentional in order to overcome it. I, I think I agree. I you know, and I don't, and I you know, I've worked for since before I was old enough. I mean, I, I've worked my entire life. Um, and Brian, Brian grew up on a farm, by the way. So, so he, he literally means he's worked his entire life. Um, but I will also say, you know, that while I have in the past and at times, even today, have worried about money or about finances or about, I mean, I have two children and two daughters in college. So, you know, how are, how are these bills going to get paid and how is this going to happen? Uh, I, and I, I trust in God that he, and I, and he has demonstrated countless times that he will provide. Mm. That doesn't mean that I live, uh, like a millionaire. I'm not even close to that, but, uh, it means that I have everything that I need. Amen. And, and I, I always have, and part of that is hard work, but it's, more because of God's love. It's his graciousness. It's he provides for us. Uh, he, he tells us that in scripture and all we have to do is trust that and believe it. Um, and I know that that doesn't always work uh, that, you know, that there are people who have less, but that's right. why you were saying before. And I, you know, and you're right. I don't do it for praise. I do it because that's what God has taught me to do is that, and demonstrated for me to do is that if I have extra, if I have something and somebody's in need, that's what I, then, it, then it's my, then it's my responsibility to give, to help those people. Uh, scripture says, you know, it, it asks, you know, how will we know? Jesus says, I'll know you. And it says, well, how will we know who you are? And how will you know what we've done? He said, well, when you give a if someone's thirsty and you give them a glass of water, if they're cold and you give them a jacket, if they're hungry and you feed them, if you visit a, uh, someone in prison, then you're doing that to me. And that's what we have to do for each other. Right. And I have been a witness of that, right? Um, and on, on so many different levels. And so when you and I were, were, were talking before, we were talking about um, sometimes the challenge as a believer when we're wrestling with, with flesh and blood and we're talking about we're, we're wrestling with labels, wrestling with, with racism, wrestling with um, socialism, um, commun communism, capitalism, all the isms, hatred, you know, um, disagreement, conflict. And you and I had a conversation a few weeks ago and we both had an agreement that God has spoken to us that we're, we're, we're wrestling with the wrong thing. And I think the world has pumped that up. Of course, they've, they've you know, poured gas on a flame to cause us as a, as, a, as, a, as a world to wrestle against flesh and blood versus trying to build a kingdom of God. And I think the enemy creates that kind of chaos, creates that kind of conflict to keep us separate, to keep us blind and ignorant. And the scripture says, you know, my people want to, you know, no, my people fall for a lack of knowledge. Something like yes. that. Mm -hmm. You know, so so it's like the more information we get, the more information we get about one another, hopefully the better we can begin to understand one another and then build God's kingdom. 
Uh, amen. It's, it's a, it's the spiritual forces. They, they do, uh, their intent is to divide us, is to yes. separate yes. us, is to take us away from loving one another because yes. this person has more or this person believes this or this person acts this way or this person looks this way. And that's not at all what God wants from us because that person, whoever that other person is, is a child, is also a child of God. And he loves them as much as he loves me and you and all of his children. And um, I'm not saying it's always easy to look beyond because there are some very, you know, there are, is a lot of evil in this world, but no doubt. No doubt. we have to, uh, we have to understand that every single person in this world is a sinner in one way or another or in multiple ways. And we have to remember the love and the forgiveness and the grace that Jesus has shown us and demonstrate that to others. And, uh, while at times it's hard, I have never regretted it. I've never felt worse after loving some, you know, demonstrating love to someone else. Um, and even when that's rejected, that doesn't mean, or even thrown back at me, that doesn't mean it's, uh, doesn't frustrate me, but I've never felt bad about being loving or kind or helpful to someone else. You know, I, I, and I appreciate you saying that, because I think that there is a level of embarrassment and sometimes shame and confusion when you're trying to love someone and they won't receive your love. Because right. when you're trying to love out of the bottom of your heart, and I, and I, I now understand what, 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 what Martin Luther King was talking about in terms of just loving someone unconditioned with, with no expectation, right? And I think that it takes a, a mature man or woman to grow to a place that you can see beyond the labels or the teams or the gangs or the factions that attempt to divide us. Because if it's not for our good, then it's not of God. And if it's not of God, it's designed to separate us and to dismantle our power and to, and, and to disturb our peace. And I think we forget that, especially in the body of Christ, we forget that, that we're supposed to be bringing forth God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And we cannot do that being separated, you know, in our churches. We have to get out of our churches and we have to find some relationships in order to show an example of how Christ would have us to connect here on earth. And I think that's what I've always enjoyed about the relationship you and I have had, regardless of, you know, I don't want people to know who we are. I don't think it's very important. But, you know, I remember you and I leaving out of the gym and someone said to me, you know, man, you know, Y'all look like a formidable foe. I'm like, why is that? You know, oh, because oh, we're, we're, we're two big men or because we're uh, a tall and big black man, a tall and big white man. Which one? And she was so confused. And she was like, just just big. Y'all just big. <laughs> I took it as a compliment. If, if somebody thinks I'm as big and strong as you, then, then oh I, my I'll accept that. <laughs> <laughs> no, brother, you, you are bigger and stronger than me. <laughs> Man, but you know, I I just think in the spirit, if that's how it looks in the physical realm, Brian, can you imagine how that looks in the spiritual realm? You know, when we when we unite 
in the spiritual realm, what a force. I I agree. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine? But that's why Satan worked so hard to prevent it. That's why Satan puts so many obstacles in front and, and deceives people with, you know, not loving your, your brother because they think differently or uh, look differently or, you know, do something you disagree with. Um, and, and we have to overcome that. We have to overcome that. You know, and I, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, that all the conversations you and I have had, because both of us come from a history background, um, you know, about being a Christian and, and the fault of Christians over the years. We, we talked about the Christian crusade. We talked about, you know, Christianity and slavery. We talked about, you know, Christianity and Jim Crow. We talked about, the, you know, all, I won't say the evils of Christianity, but we've talked about those who've used Christianity in proper way, right? So we know that when we talk about Christ, we're not talking about a perfect religion from a physical, you know, worldly standpoint. We're talking about, you know, a Christ that's about love, a Christ, you know, that died on the cross for all of our sins because he saw that we was, you know, fallible people, that we were, we was flawed, we were sinful people. So when we're talking about Christ, we're not talking about a Christ that, that, that's trying to separate us. We're talking about a Christ that died for all of us. That's right. Uh, I mean, all of what you said is right. He he died for all of us. But what you said before, if Christ was perfect and is perfect, it's us that are imperfect. Right. And and so the imperfection is not in Christ and it's not in following Christ. It's in the followers of Christ, because, yes, we are all imperfect people and we will fail. Uh, But when we fail and this is something I try to encourage my children with and you know um you know ellis that i've coached sports for decades and uh, encourage my the the people that i have coached uh is that it's not the failing that defines you it's your response to failure it's Mm. it's how do you respond to making a mistake and if the response is um just acknowledging it, accepting it, and and working to do better, then that's the right response. Uh, if the response is denying it and blaming someone else, then that's the wrong response because that doesn't help you to grow beyond that mistake. It doesn't help you to learn from it and to to do better. Um, so, 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 my, my brother, and I know you and I have talked about this before, but how has it been? for you being a Christian and saying the last 12 years since you and I have known each other. Because when you and I have time to talk, we talk to each other about our frustrations, um, how sometimes we've gotten caught up in all the stuff that's happened. But, but one thing that's always has, has anchored me was that I know Brian Dunley. Right. I, uh, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like to, I, I think, I think that I just continue or I try to continue to mature and to understand God's direction for me. Um, my trust in God, my trust in Jesus, my faith continues to grow. Um, I would like to think that, or I believe that I'm more mature. I like to think that other people see that as well. 
Um, that doesn't mean that, you know, just my personality is I, when I do something wrong or when I have done something wrong, I seek out or try to seek out the other person and apologize. And I'm not saying I'm perfect at that, but that is what I try to do. And, uh, that helps me to remember when others, when I feel like I have been treated in a way that's not how I would like to be treated. It reminds me of the times that I have also failed, which I think allows me to be a little bit more forgiving. If that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. You know, it's, um, you know, we talk about, uh, the challenges that we, that everyone faces on a daily basis. And we talk about how we can over, how to overcome this and how to overcome the evil in this world, which is what we were talking about in Ephesians. But one of the things, uh, that I think coincides with this perfectly is, uh, scripture from first Corinthians chapter 13, uh, which is the love chapter. And, you know, oftentimes people will talk about love, bring up the scripture about love in discussions of like human to human relationships around marriage and that type of stuff. But it's really how we're always supposed to treat everyone. Yes. Not just our spouse and not just our friends, but but how we're supposed to treat our neighbors. And by neighbor, I mean anyone who we come in contact with. Mm. And I think part of the issue is, you know, when we, at least one of the things that I have begun to see is that um, we talk about love and, and loving our neighbors and loving the world and sharing Jesus's love. But if, when you read what scripture says, and I want to read it to you, it's four verses uh, in first Corinthians 13, I'm going to read verses four through seven, but if you think about it, I'm not sure that in general, most people love the way scripture tells us to love because it tells us, and these again, beginning first Corinthians chapter 13, begin with verse four, and I'm going to read it slowly. Love is patient. And are we patient in our love? Then it says, love is kind. It does not envy and it does not boast. It is not proud. I mean, how how much envy is in this world right now? How much boasting is or pride is in this world right now? Then verse five, it says, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. I mean, if we could just eliminate the keeping the records of wrongs and blaming this person or that person or this group or that group, or, well, I did this because you did this to me or whatever. If we could, if we think how much we could, how much things better, how much better things would be, how much we could improve things. If we loved in a manner that kept no record of wrongs. Verse six says, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, rejoices with the truth. And then verse seven, it says, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Protect, 
trust, hope. Imagine if we all loved with hope. Imagine if we all loved with trust. That's the stuff that when I'm reading that, I'm like, you asked me how things have been for the last 12 years. Well, I read that and I say, I have so much further to grow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. You know, as you were, as you were reading, briefly, I went back to verse one. And as you was reading, I had, I had never, <clears throat> I never heard anyone um, do what you just did in the manner in which you did it. But when I went back to verse one, and it, it starts, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Yeah. And when I read that, I can immediately confess that I have failed. There have been times in my past that I have failed in that, right? Because I'm speaking a tongue that maybe, you know, it was foreign, but it wasn't based in love. And so that which I was speaking was a loud noise that harmed people, that may have pushed people away. Because verse one is juxtaposed to verse four, that love is patient and kind. And you know what I mean? You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm sitting here thinking about, you're talking about growth how much growth has just occurred with me in the matter of seconds that took for you to read that and for God to speak to me and for me to get a revelation that I need to continue to grow in this love factor. Because it's one thing to talk about love, but it's another thing to put it into action every single day with your thoughts, with your feelings, and then with your behaviors. Because we're talking about changing ourselves, which in essence, that's how you change the world. When we work on changing ourselves, and to me, that's what makes the Christian gospel so powerful because it's hard to blame anybody else and be so arrogant about yourself because we're always be working on improving ourselves in the love area. That's correct. And that just came to me as you were just reading. I'm like, wow, what a revelation. And that's, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's, that's what I, that's the challenge for that's one of the challenges for all of us. I would it's, say for everybody, the entire world. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, you said you went back to three to chapter verse one, and uh, I didn't, but I do think it relates to not just one, but two and three, because it talks about having other uh, gifts of the spirit of being able to prophecy, or, or even it says the faith that can move mountains, but do it not have love, I am nothing. Uh. And then, verse, and then verse three, and I think this is important because there's a lot of people who have been misled into thinking that they can do good enough, that they can be good enough, that they can, that their actions are what will redeem them. Um, and they said, and verse three says, if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love. I gain nothing because it's not, it's not our works. It's not that we shouldn't through our works demonstrate love, but that it's because we love that we do our works. It's right, not right, with, that right. we do our works so that we can receive a reward for it. It's because we love, we do. It's because we love Jesus. It's because we love the Lord, our God, that we serve him. 
and in serving him, we serve others. And that's where that, that's where the love is. I mean, you can, you can work yourself to death serving other people, but if it's not done out of love for God, then this says that it's nothing. You gain nothing for that. Can I ask you a question? You can ask and, me. And, and, and I know I can. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but have you, or could you expound on your experiences being in churches that were not focused on this love gospel that you just read? How frustrating and discouraging that has been for you from a, from a, from a church setting? Yeah, I mean, it's very, it is, it is very frustrating. I, I, the reality of it is when I've been in those situations or circumstances, I just remove myself from it because I, that doesn't mean I remove myself from the individual there, but I remove myself from that corporate church, if that makes sense. Um, I, how many I, churches? How many churches ha, have you been a part of? Well, I, I, not just. I mean, I have visited other. I've visited lots of churches for for various reasons. But um, as far as first of all, so that everyone who may be listening to this will understand, I was not really raised in the church. We went to church every now and then when I was a child, but. I was not raised in the church. I accepted Jesus Christ as my savior uh, in my early twenties, um, which is a whole nother interesting story, but uh, <laughs> and where, where God sought me out. Um, wow. So, I mean, I'll just tell you real quick. So after I had graduated from college and after a couple of years. Uh, and what college did you go to by way? What was the name of the college? Um, <laughs> Um, Bridgewater, James, James Madison University. Oh, that's, that's Bridgewater's younger sister, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, so I had a job, you know, a job that I got a few years after I graduated from college. Not my first job, but a job I got required a lot of travel, uh, business travel, and so I was staying in in a hotel two to three nights a week, um, and I read a lot. So I had finished the book that I was reading and I had no other book to read. And of course, what book is always in a hotel room, which was the Bible. And I really didn't want to read that. I actually left and went to a nearby um, shopping mall. That's when shopping malls used to be open. Uh, right, this, was a, right. this was this was like uh, 93, 94. No, this was like 95, 96. So mid 90s. And uh I tried to get to a bookstore and the bookstore was closed. So I went back and that was the only book there. And I, so I started reading the Bible and uh, I mean, God was telling me he wanted me to read the Bible and wow. I read the Bible and I didn't stop until I'd read the, I mean, I'm not saying I stayed up all night, but I, I started reading the Bible and didn't stop until I'd read the whole thing. And within like, less than two weeks it took me to read the entire bible and i went to the local church and said i want to be baptized to the church that wow. i had attended part-time as a like very rarely or 
inconsistently as a child, I should put it that way, and said, I want to be baptized. Um, so God, I think, is intentional. We just have to have the heart to and the ears to listen. Um, but back to your question. So I, I like to visit other churches and I like to participate with other churches. And, um, you know, I, I think that there are people in every church who have the right heart and who want to do the right thing. Uh, but that doesn't mean that corporately all churches are succeeding or being obedient to God. And so, um, and part of that is loving other people properly. And so when that's the case, I just tend to step back or away from that corporate church. But with the people that I know there, I continue, I try to continue to have communications and uh, relationships with and talk to them and um, pray for them and listen to them and they listen to me and you know hopefully over time some of what i'm saying will help to encourage those people who want to make want to demonstrate that love within their church but i just know that that is not the right place for me now fortunately several years ago i found uh i did find the right church for me and my family and i love the church that i go to and I have um, an amazing senior minister and uh, and the associate ministers who are there are outstanding, all men of God, all very scripturally sound, all very encouraging. Um, it's a, the people there um, are outstanding. Uh, it's just a wonderful church, but, uh, and they help me to be, a better Christian mm. because they because they are filled with love because they uh, because they uh, have a heart of service because they have a heart of love because uh, there are people of all different races of uh, all different backgrounds. Um, but when we are together, we are one family. We are one body of Christ. And that's the way it's going to be in heaven. That's the way it's going to be in God's eternal church, which is heaven. So, and I, and I, and I know there are other people who go to other churches who feel the same way about their church. And, I, and that's great. Right. That's what God wants for us. Exactly. I had an experience um, last night um, here locally. Um, there was a gentleman and his brother who were killed in a boat accident at Lake Chesedon. Mm. And um, kid was 25 years old. Um, his brother was 28 years old. They were adopted. And so I, I was asked to, um, to come and speak at his memorial service last night. And so I was over in Churchill. Um, and out of nowhere, I see people of every shade and hue that I've in, in, in the entire world. I mean, it was almost like I was at the United Nations, right? right? And we're all in this backyard of, of no, no bigger than my, my, my living room, which is about, what, 20 yards at that. But we were all squeezed in, all up on top of each other. There were only two people had a mask on. Only two people. 
but we came to celebrate the life of these two these two adopted kids, one um, black, one white, and they brought so many people together. So as I'm standing around, I'm looking around, I'm like, wow, God, if this is not heaven, I don't know what is. Like right. this is this right here is how the kingdom of God can be here on earth. You know what right. I mean? And so, yeah. you know, I'm out there as a pastor speaking and talking to them. And they were out there doing what they do at, at the funerals. But they welcomed me, right? They welcomed me there and they appreciated me being there and did not and were open to the gospel. And I'm just thinking to myself, God, you are truly doing a new thing. Because all these people, we would have never been in that same space if it wasn't for the lives that were lost here this past Sunday. Right. And I just think that if we're more intentional with gathering, so everyone last night was saying how they regretted, you know, not spending more time with these two individuals. But the beautiful thing was these two individuals were the two people who brought everybody else together because they didn't have a family. You know, they were adopted. So they were intentional to bring everybody else together. And here we are celebrating their life. You know what I mean? So, you know, as a church, when you, when you have a church family and they bring everybody else together so we can celebrate life and to make life better, you know, what we're doing, we're, set, you know, we're setting ourselves up to enjoy heaven at, at a deeper level. You know, because the scripture says in Matthew 6 and 12, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Right. And we should be working toward that. And last night, for the first time, I would say in my life, I got a firm understanding of what heaven is and what heaven should look like here on earth. And right. we have to be intentional to work together to create that, that, that energy, that atmosphere, this love that we're talking about. Because if we don't work it, to do it, it will never happen. We can't just keep talking about it. We have to be I, intentional. I agree a hundred percent. You, you, that, that's, I think the third time you have referenced the Lord's prayer um, for, uh, for his kingdom to be, for his kingdom to come and for it to be here on earth as it is in heaven. That's the third time I think you've mentioned that. And I love that. I honestly, I pray the Lord's prayer, if not every single day, virtually every single day, at least once, usually multiple times because it has everything in it. And God also knows that sometimes I don't have the right, I don't even know the words that I need to say to communicate what I, the prayers that are in my heart. I don't necessarily, I can't find the right words for it, but I know if I pray the way he taught, he told us to in scripture, that he knows my heart and he will respond and and direct me. But the reason I'm saying that, Ellis, is, um, we ask, we pray that uh, his will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And shortly after that, it gets back to what we were, what we have been talking about tonight. Um, because then it says, and this is a tough one for me and maybe not for you, maybe not for other people, it's a tough one for me, but it's part of the reason I pray the Lord's prayer every day because it reminds me and it helps me. It tells us that we are, uh, we ask for him to forgive our trespasses. Ah, yes, yes. As no, we forgive those who trespass against us. Yes, brother. Ah, 
That is a tough one for me. I struggle and with so, that. Yeah. And, and so, but it reminds me uh, that I'm asked on a daily basis, I'm asking for forgiveness. And that helps me to be a little bit more forgiving. Certainly not perfect. And certainly some days better than other days, but it still is the reminder that we, which are to forgive those who hurt us, which brings us, you know, that's what we're talking about, about loving, about all these things about love, not being angered or self-seeking and not keeping a record of wrong. But, uh, which coming full circle brings us all the way back to, it's not against flesh and blood. Our struggle isn't <laughs> against flesh and blood. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's against the the it's against Satan. It's against the devil. It's against evil and the authorities and the principalities of evil that are waging spiritual warfare all around us and trying to do us harm and trying. And by us, I mean people. Because one of the things that, you know, we talk about at church and we talk about in my men's Bible studies and is that. And it re reminds me and hits me is that God does not want any of his children to be lost or to suffer eternity in hell. And, and that's, and he can use us to help people avoid that. I mean, you were talking about this funeral and how much time they wish they had, they wish they had done something else to spend more time with these people. But imagine in the, in the scale of eternity, the idea of if you spent, and I don't mean you, I mean anyone spent more time, just a little bit more time to share God's love with somebody who doesn't know God or who is unaware of the enormity of his love, of the gift of his grace and salvation that he gives. Imagine just an extra little bit of time of your life that gives someone the gift of eternity with God, as opposed to an eternity in hell. Hmm. And that's why we are, that's why we're supposed to love other people. I mean, hmm. and hmm. I, you know, God, I gave you the, how I came to know God. I mean, he came to me, but I believe hmm. that he came to me because there were people in my family, not, my parents who were taking me to church, but other people in my family who did go to church, who I knew, who I know, who I knew then prayed for me, prayed for my parents, prayed for my family, prayed for us, you know, God, just intervene in their lives. God, help them to know you. It's, it's, imagine just Anybody, if the who anybody who's even listening to this, if they are a believer, if they went and talked to someone that they know who's an unbeliever and, and they helped one person gain eternity in heaven with God, just one. Think how think how many people if every if if we would just reach out to the people that we knew, you don't have to go, you and I've talked about this, Ellis. You I'm not saying short term or full, you know full-time mission work is bad. It's, it's important. And it isn't bad. It's great. It's a very important, but you don't have to travel around the world to help someone. <laughs> right. Right. That's right. You can That's travel right. right up the street and help somebody. Yeah. 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 And 
to be honest with you, Brian, you have been a consistent proponent of that. And we, you've always talked about that with me. Um, and I, I, matter of fact, I remember when, um, when you came over and I, I was first injured. I'm back in December. You and I talked about that. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I can honestly say that because last month I did the funeral of an 18-year-old kid who had a fentanyl overdose. Okay, he was had he was six seven, um, two hundred sixty pounds going to going um, to college for on a football scholarship, mm. and been talking to his friends after the eulogy. And so these young people are seeking some kind of spiritual nourishment. It means like they're longing in their heart for some kind something greater than what this world has given them. And I think that as, as born again believers, we have to humble ourselves and get back into the marketplace, right? And so what, what I've been attempting to do, now that I'm back on my feet, is to go wherever God would send me. And so this past week, you know, I'm talking to people and they're sharing their problems. I, I've been asking, can I pray for you? Can I pray with you? And so I stopped them and we began to pray. And I've been doing it out of obedience, but it's been amazing the reaction I've gotten from the individuals. One, that they're shocked that I'm, I'm asking them to pray with them. But two, they begin to cry. They begin to cry. And I'm just thinking to myself, how many times have I spoken to somebody, thought about praying and didn't pray, or didn't even think about praying because I was so caught up in what I wanted to say, you know, being that noisy gong or that, or that, or that clang or whatever, right? And so, so when we when we stop and think about the patience, um, the time that God has given us, I think I know for me personally, I want to be more intentional by ensuring I'm there for somebody, no matter how I know you. You know, how can I help you out? Can I pray for you? That's the least I can do. You know, show up and see. You know, bring you something. You know, I can do that too. But people need prayer, and we have to get back to that praying with one another, lifting one another up in prayer, and, and just wherever. Like, same way you and I met in a sauna. That's how I began. We, you and I yeah. met in a sauna. You know, Ellis, while you were talking, and I think it's great, and I, let me say this. I think it's amazing. I think it's a, a powerful example, and I think it's very bold that you ask people, can I pray for you, and we pray. And I encourage you to keep doing that. And I was listening to you and I was looking at Ephesians because that's where we started. Yes, sir. Um, and after it goes, after it talks about uh, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, then it talks about putting on the full armor of God, which you and I have also talked about. Mm -hmm. And then it's, and then after it talks about putting on the full armor of God, verse 18, it says, and this is what I was happened to be re just like looking at when you started talking about what you're, how you've been led to pray for other people and just ask them, can they pray and what their reaction is. And verse 18 says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Mm. What version is that you're reading? The NIV. Oh, I love that version. Ephesians 6, yeah, verse 18, the NIV, yeah. So literally, without even intentionally knowing it, but th again, this is how the Holy Spirit works. 
the Holy Spirit guides us. It gives us wisdom. It gives us the words from our mouths. It gives us the direction of our heart without even realizing it. You were being completely obedient to the word and the word, the book of John tells us in the first chapter, the word is God and was with God in the beginning and then made his dwelling place among us here on earth. The word is God. The word is Jesus. You are living. You are living the word. You are serving God because you're listening to the Holy Spirit and you're doing exactly what God asks you to do and wants you to do. You're praying on all occasions, all kinds of prayers and requests for all the Lord's people. You know, it, it, it's, it's, first of all, praise God, but it took me to break my ankle. It took me to bust my right knee, my right patella tendon, and to be in a wheelchair, you know, to get to this point. And so, I mean, I, I thank God that I'm here, but, you know, I can honestly say that God had been speaking that to me for many years, for many a time, but I was afraid to do it. I, I was just afraid. And so when I'm doing it now, and, I, and again, I just began doing this this week, like in, in the last couple of days, I feel so liberated and I regret not doing it back then. And I don't relish that. I don't dwell on that. But I just thank God I'm at a point now that I do want to obey and I do want to be a blessing to somebody else. And so I didn't know how, how powerful prayer was. Well, I forgot. How about that? I just forgot the power of prayer for someone who didn't expect it. And these individuals were not believers. They were not believers. But, right. but it, it's amazing how that's breaking the fallow ground. Now I'm checking in on them. You know, it, it's building a relationship. And again, I'm just thinking about how our relationship began, Brian. You know, it's like talking faith, you know, sharing scripture, being intentional, building on things. Right. Yes. And I think uh, the other thing I want to say, in, in addition to the prayer part, Ellis, is I think it's awesome that you have this podcast where you intentionally are sharing God's holy and perfect scripture because you were earlier, you asked me about churches and some of the, you know, how I felt about certain things. One of the things that, you know, in general, I feel like people do not read or they do not read enough or have a understanding of the, of, of the Bible of scripture. It's, they don't know what they don't know, if that makes sense. I, I um, agree. Yeah. Yeah. And the yeah. only way to know it is to read it. And it's an amazing, it's an, it's an, it's, it's, it has everything in it. It has everything that you need for life in it. Um, so if of all the things that we talked about this evening, if one thing that, if, if, the, if one thing is taken, it's, I'm encouraging you to continue, but anyone who's listening to find two minutes a day, three minutes a day to read the Bible. Yes. Yes. And, and you know, be honest with you, Brian, um, th this, this conversation, this platform 
really was birthed out of our relationship. Um, <clears throat> you know, the iron sharpening iron, because this is what has always happened when I'm talking to you. And I'm, I'm really, I'm really just a blessed man because God has blessed me to know such strong Christians such as yourself and other individuals that I've had the pleasure of having on this platform. And so, you know, the truth of the matter is I tried to do this last year and I got distracted. And then this time I was trying to go a different route and God pulled me back here. And I'm so glad because it's so fulfilling and so rewarding. And I don't always want to do it and I don't always like it, to be honest with you. But I, I enjoy the obedience and the response I get when I'm talking to someone because I've heard your, your, your story and how you met the Lord um, a, a few times, once or twice. But to hear tonight and what I missed in your story was that God had spoke to you before you went out to try to go to the bookstore <laughs> and God right. closed the bookstore. And then you say, you know, God came to you. And I was like, man, like, like I, I, I recognize that tonight because I can honestly say that God has been coming to me and God came, came to me as well, right? And so, again, I just think that what you and I are attempting to do is to unite people using scripture in an accurate manner. Because if someone takes the time to read the word of God, you can pretty much tell who's a false prophet and who is someone who's of God. It's so easy these days if you Correct. just understand and read the word. Correct. I agree. I agree. And but that's the importance of reading it because if right. you right. haven't read it and you don't know it, sometimes things that sound good are completely unbiblical and possibly you know or i don't want to say pop are completely unbiblical or um, end up pulling us or what can pull people away from god right. um, it's a lot of that out here right but again that goes back to satan that goes all the way back to the beginning of god's creation at the very beginning, Satan gotten to easier and said, did God really say that? Is that what God said? And so, and he changed it and it didn't sound bad. And then Adam and Eve listened. It, but if you know scripture, if you immerse yourself in it, if you accept Jesus as your savior, if you have the Holy Spirit living within you, he, God, through Jesus, the word, through the Holy Spirit living within you, will help you to, he will give you guidance. He will, he will, as you said, it's easy to determine what is false and what is true. Because that Holy Spirit gives us an understanding of the truth. Hmm. And that's not, and that's not like these people, again, back to what we started with. That's not that these people are bad or these people are wrong or whatever. It's not about people. It's not a battle against people. It is a struggle against evil. Exactly. That's what it is. 
It's against evil. Right. I mean, we have to get back into the habit of calling evil for what it is. Correct. Stop trying to mislabel it. You know, no, this is evil behavior. Right. This is just evil behavior. And we have to we have to speak that and stop trying to cover it up and make it be something else. It's evil. It's evil. Lying is evil. Manipulation is evil. You know, deceit, adultery, fornication, you know, you know, homosexuality, rob, all of that is evil. It's evil. And we, we and, and I think we have gotten, we, we, we've accepted this whole watered down version of behaviors as if we're always trying to make excuse when someone exhibits an evil behavior. You know, right. those, young, those young men that I buried on Sunday, they were at a fishing tournament and they just came around the corner and both, both never saw one another. The two brothers in one boat, they just bought the boat. The one kid just got married. Man, they, one was 25, their life is older, is over. The other guys, right, they live. They live to tell about it. Right. No one knows which is which, but one thing is for sure, it don't matter now because they're both gone. Right. You know, they're both gone. And I think we have to value the life that we have and just be more intentional again about trying to create this love movement. You know, and, and I, I'm just thinking, man, you know, it has already been 60 minutes. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you, you and I have had such a rich conversation. We, we, we took no break. You know, um, just, I, I don't even know where, where the time has went. And so what, what I would like to do is to have you back on. I would like to yeah. have you back on. And, and so that we can continue to not only talk about what we're talking about, but also see how we can add on to this, you know, because I know one thing that you had brought up in one of the conversations we had off the you know, off platform was about, you know, just bringing our lawn chairs out and just sitting out in front of the church and just letting people know that it's okay to meet and to talk to one another again, because the world is trying to separate us with the whole COVID, right? And we know mm-hmm. COVID is real and it's taking many lives, but now it's time for us as a body of Christ to stand up and say, hey, we had to come back together and start praying together. Because right. when we're gathered together in prayer, we're approaching this evil, you know, from a different from a different perspective when we're coming together. Right. Yeah, I, I agree 100 percent. And I did bring that up to you. And I, you know, and I do believe that. And I agree with what you said. You know, people do have gotten sick and died. And I'm not and we're not I'm not. what. And as you said, I'm, neither of us are saying that it's not real. What I'm saying and I think what you agree with is that I don't want that to be a boundary to keep me from knowing and serving other people. Perfect said. Well, that was well said. Um, so that, yeah, that, that, that was well said. And that's what it is. Right. It's just that simple. That's, there and, should be no boundaries for us to get to know one another. Right. And to, and by knowing, I mean, not, you know, that is sharing life with each other, with other people, helping them, allowing them to help us, sharing each other's burdens, sharing, rejoicing with one another. Uh, it's, that's what life is meant to be. That's what love is. 
Yeah. Love isn't solitary. It's it's a shared experience with others. And my brother, I thank you for sharing your experience with us tonight. I thank you for your friendship. I thank you for um, for for rightly dividing the word of God with me. I thank you for for sharpening me. I thank you for sharing your faith. And I just thank you for being, um, I don't even want to say a guest. You're one of my friends. So I just thank you for, you know, stopping by. <laughs> yeah. you know, no, I, I was going to say, you you said a lot of really nice things about me, Ellis, and I deeply appreciate them. Well, it's true. I, I, mean, I want to be, I want to be clear, though, that you, I think, equally as highly of you, I know you're a man of God. You are uh, an intelligent man. You are a, a, a leader. You are an encourager. Uh, you're kind. And all the things that you say that I do to encourage you, uh, you do the same for me. And oh, so when you, when you ask me to, you know, when you say, can we talk or will you just call me up? Uh, just to talk. I always enjoy it. I, I always enjoy it. And um, I'm you. just appreciative that God put you into my life. You yeah. are you are a very good friend. I, I, you know, I, I, I share this story um, about you and, and we're, we're going to close out here, but I want to share this story. I, I never forget a few years ago, I put this picture of um, Malcolm X um, standing at his window with an AK-47 who was protecting his children. And I remember you hit me up and you was like, hey man, is everything okay? And I told you I had a, um, my, you know, stuff was happening with Ellis in school. <laughs> do you remember that conversation? I think I do. And, and you you were checking in on me. You was like, well, first of all, I mean, I mean that's the kind of big gun he had on. So do you, do you have a gun? And I was <laughs> like, I was like, well, no. <laughs> And you were like, so why would you post a picture of someone having a gun if you don't have one? I said, that's the whole purpose. I don't have one. <laughs> I thought that was so cool how you called to check on me because you knew for me to post that kind of image that something was going on. Right. You know, that something happened. And you were the only person, I'll never forget, that you were the only person who checked in on me. The only person. I'll never forget that. But it taught me a valuable lesson of what a friend is. Because it wasn't that you and I had to talk all the time. It was that when you sent something was off, you were going to check on me. And so that's, that's basically how you and I have spoken. Yeah. Because we both have busy lives. And so I just think, again, going back to the whole spiritual, being able to discern when the spirit is leading you to reach out and so on and so forth, it can really help improve relationships. Mm -hmm. But I, I mean... You are a reflection of me, and I thank God I'm a reflection of you. And that's how we should be in the body of Christ. And I just appreciate you. I love you. I thank you for having having you on. I thank Black Black Radio, Black Black Talk Radio Network for having us on. Brian was concerned if he could be on because he's white. And I'm like, hey, if he can't be on, then we can't have the show. So, <laughs> so you know, I thank him for being on. It doesn't matter because of the complexion of the skin. This is my brother. I love him. I know he loves me and my family. Um, and so I thank y'all for receiving him on Black Talk Radio Network. Um, brother Andrew, who, who sent us um, a, um, a, a message on, um, on, on RBA Soul, 
We thank you for listening. We thank you for your comments. Please continue to reach out to us on ironsharpensiron509 at gmail.com. ironsharpensiron509 at gmail.com. You can also reach out to me at, at Pastor Ellis underscore OG, which means the original grandfather, my, my grandson calls me. Or you can reach out to me on Facebook at Ellis ODU Henderson. I know a lot of people have been reaching out and befriending me, and I kind of know where it's coming from now. And so thank you all for reaching out. Thank you for participating. And we thank Brian for coming on. And we thank all those who have been in support of us as we continue to do what God will have us to do. Everyone have a blessed night. Thank you very much. And God bless you. Brian, you want to say anything before we close out? You said it all. Thank you, Ellis. All right, brother. I love you, you man. man. I love you, Ellis. I love you, too. All right. I love you, too, brother. Y'all, God bless everybody. Have a good night. Join us again for the next installment of Iron Sharpens Iron, Talking Faith, where your faith is inspired, motivated, and activated. This show will be rebroadcast every Friday. Remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. Peace and blessing until next time.